0: Hello friends, welcome to episode one of Jay-Z and the Amazing Technicolor Podcast. I am beyond excited to be getting this thing off the ground. This has been two months in the making, and I am ready to dive deeper into the themes and ideas that I've been writing about over at jeremyzerbycoaching.com for the past five years. And ultimately at all of my blogs over the past 20 years. Wow. So this is the first time it's really occurred to me that I've been blogging for 20 years. Actually, I've been doing it, that means I've been doing it since before it was cool. Just a thing, it was just a thing that people did. Um, I call that a milestone. Just like this podcast is another milestone for me. And I want to thank everyone who has supported me on this journey. And if you're listening to this because someone shared it with you or you happened to cross it in a search for similar podcasts and you'd like to show your support, visit my blog or head over to buy me a coffee and see more of what I'm all about, as well as links to becoming a supporter. 20 years of blogging, though. Wow. 20 years of writing about politics, religion, theology, self-improvement. Writing about things like Jesus and euthanasia, about the things that get us angry, and about the things that, that can drag us down, but also about the things that can give us a future and a hope. I was taking out the trash one morning a couple weeks back, and I didn't realize it was supposed to rain. It was, But it was getting dark, and the wind was picking up, and you could really smell it in the air. If you're from the Midwest, you know what that's like. You can smell when it's going to rain before it rains. As I walked back toward the house, I looked back over my shoulder, and there was a rainbow. It was beautiful. And right in front of that rainbow were the power lines and metal utility poles. Um, where, where we're at, it's those kind that look kind of like the Eiffel Tower, so I pulled my phone out of my pocket and I took a quick shot of the scene and I headed back indoors because it was starting to actually rain. I got my stepdaughter safely onto the bus and sat down on the couch for a moment just to look at my shot. I uploaded it to Instagram and captured it simply Electric Rainbow. In a way, it sort of represents two kinds of energy. According to the religious tradition I was raised in, Southern Baptist churches, the conservative evangelical community, the rainbow was a symbol given by God as a promise that he would not destroy the world again with a massive global flood.
1: The way the story goes,
0: it was almost as if God regretted his own actions. Yeah. For my evangelical listeners, let that sink in for a moment. We were raised to believe that God was this all-powerful, all-knowing deity who did everything that he did with this purpose that was so beyond us that we could never understand it. And yet, here in the beginning chapters of our Bible, we had the same God taking an action that he seems to regret. as if God was acting on impulse. And when it is all over, God promises not to ever do that again. We can all relate to the God of this story, can't we? We have all done things and said things that once the waters have settled, we have regretted and been forced to apologize for, haven't we? goes further. Remember when you were a kid and you would play? The story never really ended, did it? Or if it did, you would just start over as something else. In one session or over the course of multiple sessions of play, you would go from being a dragon, to a king, to a cop, to a robber, to a taxi driver, or any infinite number of things.
1: Interesting thing here is that it would always begin again.
0: To quote the poet theologian Rubem Alves, quote, children's play ends with the universal resurrection of the dead. Adults' play ends with universal burial. Whereas the resurrection is the paradigm of the world of children, the world of adults. Creates the cross. That makes me think of electricity, or rather, how we manipulate it. We manipulate it towards some end. We want it to stop somewhere. Ultimately, we want it to stop somewhere useful to us. We want it to run our lamps or charge our cell phones. We also want to bury it, because free-moving electricity
1: can be dangerous. So we find ways to stifle it and box it up,
0: just like we do our play as adults. As adults, our play tends to have serious ramifications. It always ends in some kind of death.
1: And there is no starting over.
0: One thing ends and that is the end. We try to walk away and start something brand new. Same as we did when we were kids. But what came before is dead and buried. Along with any connections to where we want to go from there. But we need those connections. And yet, even though we need them so badly just to function as people... We look for ways to break them or eliminate them completely.
1: Our play ends with, as Alves called it, universal burial. Or once it ended with what he called universal resurrection.
0: And for most of us, our play will remain like this. We bury it when it's done. We throw it away when we don't need it anymore. And those precious few of us who are prone to reuse or recycle when we're finished or minimize our lifestyle do so as well. We toss out what doesn't bring us joy, right? But Sometimes we do this to our own detriment. Because we don't believe that resurrection is even possible.
1: Or maybe it's that we don't
0: want it to be possible. We don't want the dry bones to come back to life. We don't want the ghosts that haunt us to be good. We don't want them to be there at all. So we have formulated new myths to fit this narrative that we have chosen for ourselves. The dead come back as flesh-eating zombies. And the ghosts exist to ruin our lives unless or until we can bury them one last time. Christianity eventually succumbed to this mythos by its unhealthy and biblically unfounded obsession with the cross. Islam has succumbed to the same story by its emphasis on jihad against everyone not like them. Science has become a victim of universal burial in some circles by its unwillingness to acknowledge the potential that there even could be something more than just the here and now. It's almost as if we humans are only motivated by tragedy or by fear. I think this is the point that the ancient author was making when he stated that perfect love casts out fear. Every Even 2,000 years ago, fear had become the sole motivator. Sadly, we train our children into this fear-driven narrative. We want them to do the right thing, so we threaten punishment for not doing so. Maybe this wasn't the original intent. Maybe when... Long ago, people said eye for an eye. They weren't threatening an action in response to a prior action. But rather, they were speaking the consequences that were likely to occur. Maybe they weren't saying, if you murder someone, it is okay for someone to kill you. But rather, they were saying, if you murder someone, there's a strong likelihood that someone is going to come and kill you. The statement of cause and effect, maybe, maybe it morphed into a law. Not only will it happen, but it's supposed to happen. Not only will it happen, but it's been commanded.
1: There's a huge difference between those.
0: This embrace of consequence as end gave root To the end of play as we
1: understood it as children. Maybe maybe this is reality. Maybe the tragedy of burial is the end. But if this isn't moving us to live to the best and fullest while we're alive. and we're wasting our breath. What
0: if, someday, in the near future, we get new images back from the James Webb Telescope of an alien spacecraft?
1: Let's assume that these these creatures are somewhat advanced beyond us and take control of the telescope And they use it to communicate with us. They're a good and peaceful species.
0: And they're looking for other good and peaceful species to join with and work with and trade with. And instead, they find what we are now. A species not worth saving and definitely not worth working with because they know we're just going to exploit and take advantage of them. So they move on to the next galaxy, and we miss a golden opportunity at an intergalactic alliance. Or maybe they were going to share a technology with us that could reverse what we have done to our planet, but seeing how awful we are to each other, they decide to move on somewhere else and just let us destroy ourselves.
1: What if Bringing this back home and back into our reality now. In his attempts at whatever he's trying to do. Putin actually does use nukes. Of some persuasion in Ukraine. And we do respond swiftly. in retaliation. Our cynicism and violence are putting all of us at a disadvantage. Our threats of punishment and nuclear war are not changing our behavior for the better. In fact, they're only making us worse. We need to become like children again. But this comes with risks.
0: This idea of universal resurrection. If our focus is wrong, we may live the same as we do now taking advantage of each other and squandering resources because it's all going to start over again anyway. That's not what resurrection is. Resurrection isn't a wholesale starting over from scratch. Resurrection is getting back up where you died. It's starting where you left off. In the Christian story, Jesus doesn't die on the cross and then come back again as a baby. It's not as if the story starts back over. Rather, Jesus gets back up, still in the tomb, and leaves, continuing his mission. Death was a setback, a delay. Death was not understood by Christians to have the last word. So if we abuse and exploit the planet now, and we start over later, We will be resurrection on an abused and exploited planet. A worse place than we currently find ourselves. Maybe. Maybe resurrection isn't dying a physical death and then the body getting back up. Maybe for humans, resurrection
1: is... Children, when you as a parent have a child,
0: you don't have the baby and the whole world starts back over. We don't, it's not this constant starting, no, we have these babies and they're born into the world where it is at
1: that moment, good or bad, they're born into it. We exploit the planet, use up the resources, blow each other up, kill each other. Every baby is born into that mess. This is the way the children play. into the mess that was already there. And they just pick up where they left off. But the mess is still good and workable. They can find their way around. It's still useful. It's still full of life and imagination. This is the risk.
0: Because it means changing ourselves. Every time a child plays, they play as something else. Sometimes they do the same thing. Sometimes they pick up the same game.
1: But it's a little bit different every single time. They're playing to make it better than last time. We need to live. We need to play. So that our future and our world can be like that. Useful. Full of imagination. Not trashed and wasted with nothing else for anybody else. We as people. Not Christians. We're not just Christians, I should say. We need a firmer grasp on the idea of resurrection.
0: The rainbow is natural energy. Electricity is
1: natural energy. If allowed to exist together, a promise and an action A symbolic promise of not destroying everything. And our actions of harnessing natural energy can coexist we can harness the energy and use it for good to move ourselves forward. Maybe it's humanity's turn to make a promise to future people. Maybe it's our turn create a rainbow, an electric rainbow. May we find it within ourselves to play as though resurrection is the goal and not.